everybody, this is Charlie from Anthrax, and you are listening to today's Food Doggle. This is Mark Metcalf, and you are listening to today's Food Doggle with Bailey Domain Cleveland Radio. You are listening to today's Food Doggle with Bailey on Domain Cleveland Radio. Yes, Kato Kalen listens to this all the time. What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's boondoggle. And real quick housekeeping note, if you're watching us on YouTube or the Rumble channel or BitChute, please hit that follow and subscribe button. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, all that stuff, please hit that follow and subscribe button. Help us bring up our numbers, continue to bring you conversations like the one I'm about to have right now with Mr. Vinny Dombrowski. How you doing? Not so bad, Bill. Just running around like a madman. I go, I got to get on the Zoom call at 1, 1 p.m. Eastern time. So I was like running around like a – I was actually uh, speeding in my big white van to make this meeting. So. Oh, nice. It wasn't a white Bronco or nothing, though. Or police escorts. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. It's a uh, big – Where are you at right now? Just outside Detroit, just north of oh. 8 Mile. <laughs> okay, okay. That's why I figure because it's – freaking bitter cold up there right now too ain't it oh it's awful yeah where are you from cleveland uh, yeah i'm in cleveland so uh just talk my buddy rich lives up that way and i guess he said it was like six degrees we're at like 13 degrees here right now yeah man you know my experience being in cleveland is the wind right off the lake can be just brutal sometimes so oh yeah definitely so usually when i have somebody on for the first time i like to get a quick background we get into current events so do you remember what you originally wanted to be when you grew up uh yeah i think you know when i was just a kid i was like ah, you know maybe i'll be a priest i'm not even sure why that <laughs> why that was you know we went to a church when we were kids like real young my dad never went but my mom would like to go so yeah for some reason uh but then then i just don't know how rock and roll happened beyond that but certainly when i was a young kid that was the idea then yeah. then immediately a musician for some reason yeah so but you don't remember what was it that that transitioned you into music music then uh the love of loud stuff you know i had this discussion with some firemen buddies of mine who still work in detroit and we lived right down the street from a fire station that had this giant uh civil defense horn that was powered by a giant diesel motor that was on top of the firehouse and and uh when they would rev that up first saturday of the month at 1 p.m it you, you couldn't scream loud enough and and hear or your buddy would hear you because this siren was so loud those civil defense sirens obviously back in the day for anybody that remembers that kind of stuff you know i grew up in the 60s when the uh you know there was like the 
we used to have those air raid drills, you know, uh, you'd have to go sit in the hall. So I think the Cuban Missile Crisis was still on some folks' minds and uh, imminent doom from nuclear weapons was still on people's minds in the 60s. So that civil defense siren was always around to warn you of incoming, uh, you know, attack and or tornadoes. Yeah, we still got uh, the city I live in, the suburb right outside of Cleveland. We still do ours every Saturday at noon. They run a test sound of it. So it's like you kind of grow like used to it. So hopefully nothing ever goes down Saturday at noon. You know, it would be like, <laughs> ah, it's just a regular, you know, alarm. Yeah, man. Yep. But uh, so then uh, loud things. And then do you remember like what? Uh, any if there are any particular bands that caught you that was like you know this is something i want to do uh my dad he played in clubs my dad also uh, taught guitar uh he played bass and guitar but he was interested in uh exposing us to some music so he took us to uh the count basie orchestra was playing at a mall uh just outside detroit the eastland mall and um again the the volume of that band and people would think well it's a big band you know how could that be that loud it's not big guitars and large pa but the band was so powerful it was very uh interesting to me so once again the loud volume for some reason i just like uh loud stuff my paying for it these days my hearing is awful so <laughs> and then um like uh as you were getting older like in high school when did you start like knowing that you wanted to perform be a performer as well and um what... well well before high school we were writing our own songs probably 12 years old we were getting together to play music and none of us were really good at covering other people's songs and i think that also the rationale was that the big super groups they didn't play other people's music so why should we so early on we were writing our own songs i can as early as 12 remember uh writing a song so well before high school uh i was really interested in playing music and being in a band and then what kind of attracted you to vocals sheer necessity i, I mean i like to write so um my first instrument that i really worked at was drums um but there was always a guitar around the house so i would play guitar and drums and i enjoyed writing so being in some early bands playing drums i was active writing and if the singer uh quit a band or wasn't around i would jump in and um sing on the demos so you know, going to the studio to to demo out music, singing those songs, it's just eventually seemed to stick to where it's, let's just find a drummer now and I'll jump up front. Nice. You know, Steven Tyler, from what I understood, played drums, uh, jumped up front. Jimmy Marino's one of the greatest all-time drummers and singers. He kind of did both. So there's just been, of course, Dave Grohl, but I mean, there's been over the years lots of, drummers that have jumped up front to do the frontman thing and then like uh what was like the music scene like there in detroit when you were growing up 
it it was really kick ass i mean honest you could go into clubs and play your own music there were certainly a lot of rock clubs that would ask you to play cover songs and uh, those places tended not to be very interesting to me other than going in and hanging around and drinking and meeting people that was always kind of cool but there were always clubs that you could go to and play all your own music and start to develop a following which is not very common when you're a young musician you get out and you travel and play other states and other cities you eventually see that uh not everybody wants to have original music played in their clubs gotcha and then when uh so your your band gets started um like what was one of your earliest bands because you've been in quite a few i i was reading so many to name but i mean obviously you know one of the biggest being sponge but what was uh what was one of your first ones from the, uh that time the first one was probably a a, a duo back in my old neighborhood in detroit uh my neighbor uh lee and myself we had he, he played guitar and i played drums so and he did some singing too but um yeah it was a duo called krypton and uh nice yeah we it was kind of heavy and really loud and uh there was definitely some double bass going on so that was in the 70s you know so um yeah that was probably the first official um band we would go out and uh play a local bar once in a while and maybe like a, a local festival yeah it was it was just fun just to get up there and on your amplifier that you picked out of the trash and your giant speaker cabinet that you made at home and and uh, your drum set that you cobbled together it was pretty pretty cool you know nice <clears throat> and then time goes on you're playing you're getting your name out there in the in the music scene uh when did uh like sponge become a project for you well the sponge thing happened out of a band called loud house and loud house was signed to virgin records uh i think the first and only album that we released with virgin was like a 1991 release from what i recall and uh we were working on a second record the band released that record the band got dropped from virgin uh we started working on a second record recording the second record and the singer from loud house quit the band so we found uh, without a singer like we got to find somebody to just sing and we you know we did some auditions get, asked some folks to send in their pictures and whatnot and you know these guys would send in pictures like they it was their beauty shot from olin mills you know when you <laughs> go to get pictures taken with your whole family and stuff like that and we're just like we're a rock band for god's sake or you know some guys would look like nothing i'm not bagging on newscasters but they look like a newscaster or something like this is not a rock band dude you know so anyway um I, I was like let's just keep writing and recording which we did and we'll look for a singer at the same time the singer never happened and like i said i would sing on the demos and i'm like let's find a drummer and let's start going out to play some gigs so from the 
the demise of Loud House came the sponge band and we didn't want to continue as loud house with me singing that had been dumb because the old singer from loud house he was really cool and he really made his mark in that band so i didn't want to compete with that <laughs> but basically you had um everybody from loud house was was sponge except for the singer switch and then yeah. the new drummer yeah we got uh, jimmy paluzzi to play drums who went on to play drums with uh, a band called Horse. He had a band, a really great band called The Fags. Uh, he still plays drums in a band that we've had for about 22 years called The Orbitsons, which is kind of like an outlaw country band. We do that band to this day. So, yeah, Jimmy was the initial drummer uh, for the Sponge Project, and then uh, Jimmy uh, wasn't in the band. We got Charlie Grover to play drums. So... We've gone through a, a, a number of drummers. Billy Adams had played drums with us for a long time. The most recent drummer is Dave Coughlin. He's with us. So, um, yeah, we're going through a couple of drummers. Nice. And then, um, you know, so you step up, you start singing, change the name to Sponge. And then was it like immediate uh, that you guys gained that uh, radio success? Well, I mean, I suppose people will look at it like it was just over an overnight success. Um, we just started doing a lot of gigs, doing every gig we could play and recording music. So we managed to hang on to some production company contacts from the old Loud House band, as well as management. So by the time we were ready to start bringing in some labels we were out playing a lot of gigs and i i think we were ready for it you know it might yeah. seem like it was it just happened overnight but i guess what, what what is there a saying like people don't understand that overnight sensations take years and years and years to develop and you know, i look at it like th that took years to develop uh to, to get where we were with sponge by the time 1993 happened yeah, you guys were definitely road dogs because I remember, I mean, even after uh, the success in the 90s and stuff, seeing Sponge like at Peabody's quite a bit uh, here in Cleveland, you guys would come through uh, and yeah. uh, definitely yeah. hit hit the road quite a bit. And Peabody's Cleveland all... area seemed to be one of your, you know, regular spots to hit. Oh, without a doubt. I think Cleveland was playing plowed on a regular basis before detroit ever played plowed on a regular basis so cleveland radio was enz and mms i think back in the day that were just banging the shit out of our music and cleveland radio was responsible i believe for many other stations around the country getting on board with sponge um early on there was some love at uh, radio in detroit uh, screaming scott uh, a dj at the riff and he's still in the radio business thank god um, was playing nina menasha which i guess officially was the first single that we dropped off of the first record uh, we made a video for that and that did get a little radio airplay but yeah cleveland was such a strong market for us and years after that yeah we would go to the old peabody's and um uh, Dan Call, I think, was the uh, promoter yeah. over there, and he booked a lot of shows. And um, there was a Peabody's in the, was Peabody's in the flats as well. Yeah, 
that was like the first Peabody's and yeah, the Peabody's that... moved, but everybody who was, you know, in, in any band touring back then, from what I recall, went to Peabody's in the flats to play. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was like a second home to me. And that's how I got exposed to so much good music. And like you said, Cleveland radio would, I mean, plowed was a banger, man. It was one of my hits and I'd, I'd go on and butcher it and, and karaoke nights and stuff, but, uh, you know, <laughs> always been one of my favorites and yeah. uh i wanted to ask you really quick too about um you know the song molly that came out on that album as well yeah. yep. like uh, what's the story that was like being told because i the, you watch the music video go back and watch the music video today it's like there seems to be like some story being told there do you recall what the was was the was the song you writ, wrote uh different from what the director's vision was the, i guess the, the video yeah i mean i think a lot of directors that make videos what they do a lot of times with the bands they're like you can participate in your video and your level of participation is just looking at the shots of the models for the video <laughs> that's not <laughs> like what i necessarily ever wanted to do but that was like the in the early days of the group and of course we've certainly participated in video treatments but uh you know it, it just has to do with in, in the video this this run, like this runaway gal from what i recall looked like she was running away and there was some older dude or some kind of creepy dude a creeper dude or something like that which is you know just seems kind of creepy but certainly the idea of the song is just you're way too young to be getting involved in the kind of shit you're getting involved in which is like partying booze and life at too much of an early age and that that is that is it with that song that's like a that's like a peep shot into just underage mayhem gotcha yeah i mean when that song came out of course i was still a young bachelor running around just fresh out the navy but uh you know now i go back and listen to it and you know i got i'm a father of daughter so it's like you know it, you get saw a different vibe from it and stuff but i mean molly and, and plowed are still two of my favorite go-tos in the catalog for sure cool man but uh you've been a very busy man uh in music you know i was checking out like some of the other projects that that you did now um from sponge before we get to present like what's some of the other stuff you've been involved with um there was a group called crud that um i just used to have so much fun uh with with the music the creating of that music uh tim padlin who plays bass and sponge currently has produced many of our records was my um partner in crime with the the crud music and uh that that music a lot of folks didn't know about that band it was signed to a small indie label for a minute uh one of our records was and they probably would recognize the songs though because much of the music was used as uh, backing tracks for a ton of stuff uh, that MTV was doing throughout the early 2000s. Like it was just used constantly. 
for music placements, uh, movie trailers, and uh, TV shows, the crime scenes, like the CSI shows. It was just amazing to me uh, the amount of play uh, that music would get. And uh, it's, for lack of better words, an industrial thing. Uh, that, it, but again, I think people would recognize the songs, but not necessarily know the band, which is, which is fine with me. Cause I just go, it, we got a lot of traction out of that. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, I think I mentioned the Orbitson band. I, I still do that, which is an outlaw country thing. And a lot of folks thought that the second, uh, sponge record wax ecstatic was kind of like this goth country album. I had a chance to talk to shooter Jennings, um, couple years back and he even mentioned that to me he's like man that record was like a goth country record and i'm like yeah we touched on some country stuff on that so um and then of course spies for darwin which was the group with um sean kenny um mike inez and chris DeGarmo. yeah that was was... the one i wanted to ask about too like what project was like working with those guys yeah that, that was very cool uh put out like a seven song eight song ep i can't remember how many songs but we'd like to do a full record sometime with the fellas uh obviously allison change has been back up uh doing plenty of uh they put out a new record but plenty of touring they've been busy and um you know it would be great to kind of revisit that at some point in the in the near future so we'll see what happens with that and of course you know even moving forward so today, the, the the Lucid Project, I'm trying to think, have I forgotten anything else? I hope I haven't, but um, yeah, fast forward all the way to the Lucid thing today. Yeah, and how did uh, the Lucid thing come together for you? How did you uh, connect with uh, Mr. Ellison? <laughs> well, it was an initial email through Drew Fortier, the guitar player in the band, and uh, Drew has played guitar with Bang Tango, and... Um, they were interested in taking some of the songs i think that were maybe for a movie project and perhaps they didn't use those songs they sent some of those uh demos to me in hopes of maybe completing some stuff and me writing some stuff with them and it started out just that simple i really didn't know who was in the band at the time i just got this weird email through the sponge website which i never look at those emails through the sponge website and um lo and behold find out who's in the group mike haller just an incredible talent all the guys just fantastic talents and uh started writing vocals you know lyrics melodies boom and then uh we got that whole new record happening along with another ep yeah and uh let's talk about the uh the new record because uh some uh little bit of something that probably people weren't expecting with you guys is uh your your collaboration with uh violent j from insane clown posse yeah and a couple tracks like how did that come together i mean the detroit connection i take it well over the years icp they've they've done many things they had they've done radio shows wrestling matches they do all kinds yeah. of stuff and years ago i was on uh talking with the fellas on their radio broadcast which was always really cool you know i look back at the days of witnessing the uh the explosion of icp uh, we rehearsed sponge rehearsed in a um rehearsal space behind a bowling alley that was a nightclub 
and also next to the collision shop, which was in the same complex. So we would go to either rehearsal or we would be uh, getting our gear packed up to go play a gig someplace. And ICP in the early days um, would be playing a place called the Ritz, which was on uh, Crash and Frazo in Roseville, Michigan. You know, a lot of bands would come through there, metal bands, rock bands. But ICP... Um, would play there and you'd see 1200 kids you know dressed up in the makeup uh lined up outside this is in the early days and also that's when people used to go to clubs you know what i mean yeah. so they the fellas would have 1200 kids lined up to see their band which i think is just fantastic so back in like 1991 i 92 something like that this stuff was going on and uh, i've from afar, always been big fans because of their do-it-yourself attitude. I think they've just been geniuses at it. Uh, we knew that they were signed on Hollywood Records, I think, for once for a minute, but got dropped. But just took their careers into their own hands and just have since crushed it. So uh, again, I've been a big fan from afar, and um, you know, and then I, I I sang on a song on their um, what's it called, Yum Yum. Uh, uh, not the brand brand new one but yum yums i'll think of the last word but uh there's a cover of heart and soul by tapau that uh violent j asked me to sing on and uh he rewrote all the verse lyrics and i rewrote the chorus and uh the melody for the chorus is pretty pretty close and um but yeah i'm on that uh on that new record or close to new record Okay, so yeah, so you've had a history of uh, working relationship with them, and then was it your pitch to bring bring over to work with Lucid? Yeah, because I I'm just the guys have been pretty open to do whatever, which is which is great. I go, they're not they're not telling me what to sing necessarily. They might tell me like to, you know, take different vocal passes at stuff, but as far as like the the you know the approach of the song and and whatnot uh, they've always been pretty open about everything so mentioning about violent j perhaps coming in to sing was a pretty cool thing they were way into it so yeah it's like there's two major tracks that he's been on and we've even tossed him a third one here recently third and fourth one so we'll see you know we'll see what happens yeah, I wanted but to. He's ask great. I mean, he's great. His stuff is so convincing and so good. I gotta just jump in and say that he is just so great. Yeah, and and they've they're another uh, group that I would see a lot here in Cleveland that had a huge following here in Cleveland as well. It seemed like Detroit and Cleveland seemed to like to share a lot of talent. Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've always loved Cleveland, man. I mean, I think Cleveland has been fantastic, and and. Uh, Always great bands at the shows we played. Just killer. Yeah, nothing but good good vibes about Cleveland. And then um, I wanted to ask, though, about, you know, you had the two the two songs that uh, what was Saddle Up and Ride and then uh, Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth, Violet, yeah. Yeah, with Violent J. But they're, now you guys also did like a, a Faith No More reimagined cover of Epic. But that's Sweet Tooth, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's Sweet Tooth. The, the thing about that is we took the same approach that uh, Violent J and I took with um, to, the Tapau song, uh, Heart and Soul. And um, basically 
Violent J rewrote all the verses and I rewrote the chorus, which some folks would go, how can you possibly do that? That's a, it's a sacred ground, but it turned <laughs> out, but it comes from the point of view, like in the, the original, it's like, you want it all, but you can't have it. So Sweet Tooth is, you wanted it all, and now you got it. So that, <laughs> and you're still not happy. <laughs> so that's kind of the whole idea by, about Sweet Tooth, you know? Everybody's sucking under Sweet Tooth all the time, you know? You just want more and more of that Sweet Tooth. So I, I just think it turned out killer. The band track is stellar, and, uh, and uh, the vocals on top of it, I think, are, are just awesome. Nice. And then, um, so that's coming out on Spoilerhead Records. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's out. It is out. Okay. All right. And then, um, the, pl the plan is to, uh, I, I think you guys were originally supposed to go out on tour and then Drew had, uh, had to have surgery or whatever. Yeah. So, um, like the plan though is to eventually hit the road. Man, I don't know. It's here's the funny thing about this shit. It's like, like Allison's out doing his thing, and uh, Sponge is my day job. And I, I'll be quite frank with you. Uh, when we made this record, David was still in Megadeth, so there was never any talk about doing any shows. The fellows are like, "Well, maybe we'll go play a rock cruise once in a while." And I go, "Hell yeah, I'll play a rock cruise. Why not? What do I got to lose?" Yeah. And um, and then when uh, David found himself no longer in Megadeth um after he got back up on his feet he the, the boys were talking about doing some shows and it's so hard to book them but we finally booked it and then that thing happened with Drew and and uh so you know who knows maybe we'll get out there and play the gathering uh with ICP in August if we do something like that that would be badass to me I'm, I'm up for that you know yeah that's usually here in Ohio too so that'd be yep killer <laughs> and then um so I see our little timers on and I could probably save us uh, going into that other link I was talking about because we're nearing the end here. But uh, let me ask you a couple of quick questions that I normally ask my guests that I have on. Um, who are uh, three people who've inspired you or you can credit for making you the person you are today? Wow. Three people. Huh. Let me think about that. Well, I mean, I gotta, you gotta well, I guess you always gotta give credit what credit's due. You know, my, I shouldn't even have to think about this uh, uh, too much. You know, my mom, my dad, you know, they, they, they weren't necessarily active in my, uh, you know, young music uh, life, but, uh, I don't know. I, I would I would think that, and then uh, you know maybe musically, uh, my uh, father-in-law from my first marriage. You know, he's uh, had some influence on my uh, country music uh, upbringing. Yeah. Gotcha. And then, like, who are so? Who would you say are your like uh, top three musical artists? <laughs> wow, Hank Williams senior i mean i dig junior too but yeah hank for sure man not 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 just because of hank's genius but uh how he lived too you know which is you know it's a strange thing to say but 
you know, Hank was really going for it and even having a family and a wife and all that kind of stuff. I think Hank Sr. was just a big influence uh, on life. Uh, so, you know, other musical influences. Uh, you know, I, I love Billie Holiday and Frank Sinatra. And I'll throw Iggy Pop in there. <laughs> There's four. <laughs> nice. And then um, what's uh, any organizations or causes that you support and you encourage others to check out? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm uh, certainly not as uh, um, together and, and talented uh, to put a great uh, – production together that, like you have bill but i do a thing called the beer sessions and and um i've you know i've raised some money to do different things but uh i think the uh, thing that i still talk about when i still do these beer sessions here is um the afsp which is the american foundation for suicide prevention and everything we've been through with the, uh, the pandemic and uh the the just the avalanche of issues that we have in this country with uh opioid addiction and uh people that are in crisis i talk about the afsp uh quite often so you know anybody that's out there I, i'm talking about it to afsp.org that's all you got to do afsp.org and uh, you go to that site and you can see uh what the, what it is that they do to help people um that are in crisis in crisis and also uh, here in detroit we're affiliated uh, closely with the pope francis center people can say what they want about pope francis this is basically a privately funded uh homeless shelter facility that uh, uh helps out the homeless population in the city of detroit they not only feed them clothe them give them shelter but they also deal with legal help drug counseling they give them a an address you know to, to where you can get your mail if you're applying for a job where do you live my address is the pope francis center so yeah i'm affiliated with a couple of different things i feel super passionate about which is which is you know I'm, I'm glad to help raise awareness and money oh that's awesome yeah we could almost go into that other link then talking about uh the uh, the mutual uh passion we have for stuff like that i used to run suicide prevention benefit concerts here in, in Cleveland. Peabody's was the first one I had it at through Dan calling them. Yeah. They helped me out with it because yeah. I lost my nephew to suicide. So it's something that I was very passionate about. Used to work yeah. with Derek Hess, the artist on those. And then, um, you know, uh, also the uh, recovery and op opioid thing. I'm, I'm currently, you know, approaching, God willing, 14 years sober. You know, wonderful. so it's something else wonderful. I'm passionate about as well, man. Wonderful. So wonderful, 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 wonderful. Yep, wonderful. But yep. uh um and then here's one that takes people back. Um well I don't know if I have time for that one. Let me see. How about uh any message that you have for our military members currently serving overseas? Wow. I think people really tend to overlook what it is the the what it is to be dedicated and to sacrifice. We have so much in this country that I think people just don't understand where it came from, how it's maintained. Not to mention uh, what it is to be dedicated and what it is to do without, which doing without family on a regular basis is such a huge deal for any of our service uh, members that are out there. With, without a, with, 
out being with their family that may be back at home. That's a tough, tough thing. And uh, I think that if I could say anything, thank you, first of all. Also, I wish more folks would be more appreciative of the sacrifice that um, our service members give out there every day that they're in service to this great country. So I just, you know, certainly thank you. Awesome. Man, Vinny, thank you so much for, uh, you know, rescheduling this with me. It is an honor to, you know, get to know you a little bit better and talk with you. And I love to do it again sometime for sure. Sounds like we got a lot more in common and you're not too far. So uh, we'll be able to set something up. I'll be out your way for speaking to ICP, the Necronomicon, uh, the, their group Twisted that ICP kind of brought up and put on the map. They do like a comic slash horror movie type convention up yeah. there in that area. Yeah. So I'm going to be coming up there for that uh, in March or whatever. But uh, man, I really appreciate you rescheduling with me and us being able to work through the, the technical difficulties and making this happen. Now, anybody that's new to um, the Lucid or, or your projects and stuff and want to know more, where would you send them? Well, simple enough. Anybody can go because most of this stuff is plastered all over Facebook, and uh, so it's if you go to Facebook and just look up Sponge uh, Rocks on Facebook. Yeah, Sponge Rocks. Yeah, I don't awesome. Sponge Detroit. Sponge Rocks. Yeah, uh, on Facebook they can find our Facebook site, and let me just double check. <laughs> I just click a link all the time, but yeah, it's like going to facebook everything about sponge there's a ton of lucid stuff on there and uh people can find out easily what's going on nice with uh everything that we're doing so yeah yeah it's sponge rocks i, nice. I don't know i thought twice and, about and they it, do want to make sure. sure that's correct <laughs> and then we got less than a minute here but if you can do me one last favor you mind cutting a promo id for the show just introduce yourself and you're listening sure. to today's boondoggle hi folks this is Vinny from the band sponge and lucid and you are listening to today's boondoggle sweet we made it we made it happen man <laughs> okay. all on the free zoom Vinny, there you thank go. you so much Boom. man yeah cool all right hopefully i'll talk with you again soon man all right bill good to talk to you all right, take care. Take care. Stay warm. <laughs> I'll do my best. You too. <laughs>